Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Although it's places I've seen before, I'm trying to look at things with a new eye, you know, like kind of see the little mini adventure and doing a walk I've already done. Uh, sort of notice different things that I wouldn't have noticed before, like explore different paths, that kind of thing. Welcome to the Adventure Podcast and the third episode in our series of Solitude Specials. In this episode, we speak to Hazel Finley, uh, who we've spoken to before on the podcast and did a full feature uh, some time ago, probably almost a year ago. Um, If you're not familiar with Hazel, then I definitely recommend checking out that episode first. But if you don't know who she is, Hazel is a world-class rock climber and deep thinker, so it's always fun to talk to her. Uh, I've known Hazel for quite a while, and we've been on a couple of trips together, things like that. So this episode is much more of a conversation. And... We talk a bit about what life is like in North Wales and how that contrasts to life in a van and life on a big wall living in a portal edge and how those latter two can prepare you well for what we're currently going through right now um, in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. We also talk about the power of meditation and whether or not our current circumstances in any way compare to a silent retreat and I hope you enjoy it. We've got a few more of these specials coming out in the next few days. Let's start with where you are supposed to be right now. I'm actually supposed to be where I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to be at home. I haven't actually come off a trip to be to come home. I was supposed to be home anyway. Um, but there's lots of places I'm supposed to be going, which I'm not going to be going to. <laughs> How long were you supposed to be home for? Uh, I think I was supposed to be home for bit of time I mean um, I was supposed to go to London for an event and I was going to go to Pembroke climbing and then I was going to be coaching in Kalimnos in in the end of May and then I was hopefully going to go to Kyrgyzstan in July um so you know not crazy travel actually lined up for me over the sort of coming few months which I don't know is lucky if if you want to look at it that way um but but yeah, lots of my calendar's just been cancelled, basically just just wiped clean. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Um, so, what would you be spending your days doing at home under normal circumstances? Under normal circumstances, I'd be out climbing right now because it's such a beautiful March so far since I've been home. 
just been sunny every day in North Wales and the air's been fresh but not too cold. You know, it would just be perfect right now for climbing. And so that's what I would be doing. Um, but you know, like the other stuff that I do was actually looks the same, you know, training and the kind of computer work that I do and the remote coaching I do. But, but one thing that's really changed is I'm supposed to be running a lot of workshops over the next few weeks at various climbing walls and they've all been canceled. So that's kind of like the saddest thing, honestly, that I've had to cancel because it's just tons of people that need to be refunded and something that we, everyone was looking forward to and, uh, you know, it just, it just won't go ahead. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's the, you know, it's sad for you and it's sad for everybody else and nothing's going on at all. We're kind of all in the same boat. Um, as you commented before, I've got my yoga mat. I'm... <laughs> um, yep. So what are you spending your days doing? Well, I'm just, I'm so lucky to live where I do. I live five minutes walk from a lake. So I go for little walks, you know, we're allowed to go out and exercise. So I go for a walk or a bike ride or something like that and I live somewhere beautiful so it feels like I get a little dose of nature and although it's places I've seen before I'm trying to look at things with a new eye you know like kind of see the little mini adventure and doing a walk I've already done uh, sort of notice different things that I wouldn't have noticed before like explore different paths that kind of thing so I'm getting outside a little bit still uh, I've got a small garden as well, so I just bought a badminton setup because I was thinking you, know, you can't play tennis really in a small garden, can you, or like netball or anything like that, but you could play badminton because the shuttle doesn't go that far. So I'm looking forward to playing badminton. <laughs> I don't even know how to play badminton, but it looks all right. I thought you were going to um, say I'm going to grow vegetables and I'm going to, but no, <laughs> badminton. I mean, I have thought about growing vegetables, honestly, but... I don't really know how to, so I think it would take quite a bit of learning. Um, I think if this goes on for a bit longer, I might think about planting. Um, but I have bought a book on houseplants because I want to grow some houseplants from seed. So, um, yeah, that's what's one thing on the list. I mean, I've got tons of work to do, but I'm in this sort of weird position where I've got all this coaching work to do and all this, like, you know, just all the stuff I would be doing otherwise but because there's this open-ended time now like usually I've got deadlines and I've got the next trip to get this stuff done before I've got like a coaching course that like I have to be have to prepare for but now there's just no deadline on anything you know so now I'm just like oh well I may as well just chill for a bit you know I'm finding it hard to kind of structure my day and be productive uh, but I'm working on that I've got some lists on the go and you know <laughs> I'm working on it um, and then I'm really lucky because I've got a board, so I'm still training. Uh, I've got a moon board and this this other wooden wooden board. So um, just and then we're, we're going to kind of like develop that a little bit and make it better. And so like home improvements is the other thing. Yeah. And does this feel normal to you? Abnormal this way of living? I think it it feels abnormal the way that we're now living for a few reasons but I think that other people will be finding this more abnormal than me because the thing is I'm sort of an introvert anyway like I don't I'm not like a big socializer 
Um, you know, I've, I've got my close friends that I like to keep in touch with, but they don't all live near me, so it's not like I'm seeing them all the time anyway. Um, and, you know, I do spend, when I'm at home, I spend quite a lot of time in my house. So it's not crazy abnormal. I think that the main thing is just like, you know, knowing everything I know about the virus, knowing how many people are suffering, but also knowing that like so many people around the world that this is affecting and it's affecting everyone in different ways, but it's still kind of the same global problem. And I just can't think of anything like that in our generation, if ever, really. I mean, of course, we've had pandemics before, but I think like maybe the the last kind of big, really global one was probably the Spanish flu. Of course, we had SARS and MERS um, and, and Ebola, but um, they, they didn't affect everyone's lives in the same way that this has. So I'm mean, honestly finding it like, obviously, it's really horrible and it's sad for lots of people. But it's also interesting, like there's this interesting social experiment going on right now and it's it's got so many different faces, it's political, it's social, it's psychological, it's personal, it's biological and I think that there's just, there's going to be a lot of positives that come from this situation as well. So I'm kind of tuned into it, you know, I'm trying not to be like too tuned in by like looking at my phone all day every day but um, I am tuned into what's going on and I'm interested in what's going on. It's it's interesting. I haven't spoken about this with anybody else, but uh, you and I have a fairly good history of um, having long, drawn-out conversations about, well, slightly more in-depth topics, um, which I like. But I might have recommended it to you before, but there's this amazing book called Tribe about um, why, why young people miss war. And it's it, you can you can pass it over into mountaineering and all sorts of things but essentially there's one one old guy who he interviewed this um journalist and anthropologist sebastian younger and it, he basically said um he was in the blitz in london and he said i wouldn't want to get bombed every day but maybe just once a week and wow. there was this like sense he said there was this sense of community and everybody rallied around each other and whilst we don't have that now in terms of the the face-to-face community of moving rubble and helping people i have this i personally have this profound sense of we're all in this together and i find yeah. it quite unifying and uniting and yeah we've all forgotten about brexit and yeah i mean what 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 brexit <laughs> yeah and it's to that extent and life has i don't know is this too much to say it has slightly more purpose there's slightly more peril and you know it it just feels slightly more interesting. Yeah. I think it's maybe forcing us to consider what are the most important things, like especially if your finances have been affected, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to streamline. You know, what is it that's really meaningful and matters to me? What doesn't? You know, I can't ring all my friends every day. Which of my friends are really important to keep in touch with? And um, what does that look like? And, you know, what about the people in my community you know it's not often that I really ponder and go okay what what's actually happening with everyone on my street you know is the is the old couple that lives next to me are they going to be okay you know you offer to go and do their shopping I would never normally offer to go and do some random old person shopping maybe I should though you know um it's just it's kind of interesting it's like it's really brought us together in some ways um I do think there's some negatives as well um 
obviously there's the major negatives, but I mean sort of like people aren't all all responding with this kind of like we first attitude. There's there's obviously some kind of bad actors. Like the saddest thing is that the sort of scams and the frauds that you're hearing of, you know, like people ringing up and saying, oh yeah, do you want to get a test for COVID-19? And then you're asking for bank details and then they get the money and they're just like, who's doing that? Who is doing that? Because that's just so bad. Yeah, but the world's full of those people, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's not full, but they're there. Um, Mm. So before we drift wildly, of course, what, you know, you said you think you're dealing with this well compared to how many people probably are. I'd say that's probably true. What experiences do you think you've had that have helped you create the mindset you've currently got and they're in? Yeah, well... That's a tricky one because some some of it I feel like maybe it's a bit innate as well. Like maybe I don't sort of buy into this like personality profiling too much, but I do think that people are kind of like on an introvert, extrovert a spectrum. I remember I was, t- I was talking to one of my friends a few days ago and she was just like, oh, I feel really connected to people, but I feel so alone. Like I'll, I'll be chatting to someone on Zoom or on the phone or whatever and I'll feel connected to them maybe more than before but then as soon as I put down the phone I feel really alone even though they they live with someone like I do right and I just thought well I, I don't have that I don't I don't and then and I was thinking that you know the times I feel most alone are actually in crowds they're in spaces with lots of people but and I feel alone when I don't connect to the people I'm with but I know that's not true for everyone and, and some people just need to socialize and they and they have that so I think some of it's innate but I guess, you know, some of my experiences um, cooped up with people potentially gives me, um, you know, experiences and practice of like how to get along with people in close quarters. I mean, I've lived in a van for most of my life and often with only one other person or on my own, right? So it's like when you don't have any space, I feel really bad for the people who live in cities right now and they don't have any space to escape from the person they live with or the people they live with or even just space in general. Um, but like having lived in a van for so long, if it rains and, you, and you're not going climbing that day, you are just in your van all day and that's like a couple of metres squared space or something. So you sort of learn how to not piss people off and and not let other people piss you off. And <laughs> and then of course, like being on a big wall in a portal ledge strapped to the side of a mountain, you're on a belay and you're like shoved right up next to them. And there's no walking off, you know, if you get annoyed, you can't just like, right, I'm going for a walk down the road. Uh, you have to deal with it right there and then. So I do think. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's like some experiences um, that mountaineers or alpinists or big wall climbers have might 
might lend themselves to to providing some kind of preparation for something like this. And what do you think the key, the obvious points would be having lived in a van and living in ledges and stuff? Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, maybe I should reflect on that a little bit because I guess I haven't. I think a lot of this stuff, it's like you can't put your finger on exactly what it might be. Um, But I think just like acceptance is a big one. Like you just can't resist your predicament. You can't be like, oh my God, I really wish I could not be on this mountain right now. Or I really wish I wasn't in this van right now. I hate this van. Like you can't like be adverse to what's happening or otherwise you just like ruin it completely for yourself and for the other person. Like you always have to be embracing it or otherwise it's just like this horrible negative thing. (laughs) So I think that's probably the main thing actually, just like accepting it, embracing it, finding the positives um, and being nice to people. Like, and not, that sounds really like a stupid throwaway sentence, but I mean, in the way that you you realize that everyone's trying their best so like if someone is having a hard time in that moment and they're not able to accept it and they're just in a bit of a grump still knowing that actually in that they are still trying their best and that that will pass as well i think that's good to know yeah i i feel similarly to you i think i i don't feel particularly lonely i actually feel this fairly profound sense of we're all in this together even though the only person I'm literally seeing is my wife. Um, and occasionally like people at a distance when I go for a run, but mm. that's okay. I mean, I, it's acceptance. You're absolutely mm. right. I think it's absolutely critical. Um, I'm, I'm chaotically disorganized. And one of the things that I implemented straight away was routine. And it's mm. like you were saying about, you know, kind of struggling to have that. Mm. what what do you think you know when you're living in a van in a portal edge and you're not climbing what do you literally do with your time to stay positive and stay engaged and stay interested yeah uh what do i do with my time i mean i'm also someone who doesn't get bored i just don't get bored i don't really get lonely and i don't get bored so like when people ask me questions they're like oh what are you doing aren't you getting bored um I just think there's so many things that I can fill with every minute of my life. Um, I just, I just don't run out of them. You know, there's just a million things. Like once the important things are done, um, and then also if you, when you have a meditation practice as well, you, like being in a situation where there's nothing to do is actually just a good excuse to do some meditation. <laughs> it's like this thing you can do without anything, right? Because it is doing nothing. So. That's kind of like this liberating thing to always know that I have that. It's cheesy, useless podcast host question, but if people have never meditated and it's a bit of a dirty word for them, what do you think, where's a good place to start? Well, I guess it's just useful to know that although a lot of meditation practices have come from really outdated and religious um, practices and cultures, you don't need to be religious to be interested or get a lot out of meditation. Like there's a lot of very secular meditation uh, apps or guides or teachers. So you don't need to kind of like believe in anything that's non-scientific or supernatural or anything like that. Although, you know, Buddhism does have a lot of non-scientific beliefs involved in some of the some Buddhist practice, but you can just be 
completely scientific and and get a lot out of meditation and and it's really simple it's like it's really just doing nothing I think the main thing that you'll get first if you start a practice is you'll realize how much your mind is just churning all day like and and you might notice this even more now that you're locked up because if you're locked up and you're not just able to distract yourself you might notice your mind churning the problem is though is that it's not people keep on saying like oh well with all these distractions out of the way like we're going to learn so much and I'm just like but you still got a computer there and you still got a phone you know all the distractions are still there actually um so I think it might be a time for lots of people to start a meditation practice because a they've got more time and b they might be more stressed and c they're going to be a bit more distracted potentially as well um yeah it's been really interesting having these conversations because i'm finding the like i'm deliberately hunting out the deepest thinkers and most interesting like outdoors people that i know and asking them the same questions and whilst there are differing opinions lots of people are saying the same thing but hmm. even since yesterday you know, i interviewed andy Kirkpatrick yesterday hmm. it was an extremely different conversation to this one <laughs> um and any other conversation but it was it was useful I found it useful like I I've been I read before I go to bed every night and you know disconnect from my phone and disconnect from my thoughts and disconnect from everything and I've been like reading my morning emails and doing my work first thing in my hammock in the bottom of my garden with a coffee every morning but this morning I thought no I'm not going to take my phone out there with me I'm just going to go and have half an hour in the mm. hammock with a coffee and it was mm. profoundly different Mm, a really good yeah, way to yeah. start the day you're actually like eating your breakfast <laughs> whereas before you were just doing the motions of eating your breakfast but not actually eating it <laughs> in, a, in a sort of experiential sense yeah yeah because the last thing i'll ask you is um i can't remember when it was but i saw something you chucked online a while ago about um le- it might have been the retreat where there's nothing to do and you learn so much about yourself by being silent or having nothing mm. at all to do. Was that, I don't know if you can remember the specific thing I'm talking about, but is that the concept of a retreat, I guess? Yeah, I don't remember the specifics of that, but um, yeah, I've done a few meditation retreats and it is funny to sort of hear people kind of compare the situation to a retreat, but for me, it doesn't compare at all. I mean, even having just one book in there with you would profoundly change your experience, right? So the ones I do are 10 days, you can't bring any in a book, no writing material, obviously not your phone, and you can't speak to anyone for those 10 days. And just being alone inside your own head, you know, with all the meditation practice aside, it's just so interesting what you just, you really realize that we're sort of like default mentally ill. Like, because if you, spoke out loud everything that runs through your head in any given day like if that just sort of went to a computer and they typed that out and you read it it would be the ravings of a mad person wouldn't it and so you just when that slowly quietens a tiny bit to just get a grasp on it and to just notice it you're just like oh god like what am I saying to myself (laughs) um so yeah I mean it's really just not the same but um Do you think there's any way, because, you know, let's be realistic here. Nobody's going to replicate, you know, let's say if, if, if just a thousand people listen to this, 
I don't think even one will try and replicate a 10-day silent retreat during the coronavirus pandemic. But is there anything people can do to kind of try and tap into that self-awareness, I guess? Yeah, I think start a meditation practice. Um, I was actually saying to my boyfriend, I was like, oh, we could replicate one of the days, you know, but we live with someone else as well. So we'd have to sort of just ignore that person for a whole day. <laughs> and then, you know, on, on the courses I do, you do 10 hours a day um, sitting. So it's, it's quite an ordeal, really. Like the motivation has to be pretty high to do that. But we know we could have a morning of it or something like that. Um, but anything else you could do, I guess, you know, what you're doing is great. Just like having bits of the day where you don't have your phone in your hand, you know, parts of the day where you just kind of enjoy a meal for the, just, just the meal and nothing else. Um, or just starting a little meditation practice. So like there's so many apps out there and I think quite a few of them are offering people free services for those people who are kind of locked up or at least cheaper services. And even just five minutes can really change your day. So um, I guess just that really, yeah. I actually, I'm, I used to be kind of scared to admit this sort of thing, but not anymore. It was you that, um, without realising you'd done it, convinced me to start doing it. Oh, and I, cool. Yeah, and I downloaded one of the apps and I started doing it and I started with the five-minute one. And, you know, there's yeah. the guy talking softly in your ears telling you to feel... <laughs> you know the connection to what you're sitting on or standing on and you know I'm I now sometimes do up to an hour and oh cool yeah and oh, I've been doing good. it for nearly a year and it's incredible oh, and actually wow, last expedition I was on in November I did it loads there and it wasn't like to solve problems it was to increase the awareness and the experience because my my we all have our own problems mine is that I get too locked on so I, I can never be present on trips like that because I, there's always something else to photograph, something else to film, some mm. copy to write, a lens to clean. Mm. And so leaving everything and walking out into the jungle, even mm. just 10 meters and sitting down for 10 minutes and listening mm. and thinking and trying not to think. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like waking up, isn't it, for 10 minutes of the day? Sort of realizing that actually you've just been in this dream of thought the entire day I mean that's why I love climbing as well though right it's like that's a sort of a meditation in the sense that you are present when you climb and that's why a lot of us do it is it is you when you climb that that veil of thought um opens and and um but yeah if you, if you don't have that so for a lot of people we don't have climbing now in finding some kind of presence in other activities that you do or a meditation practice would be really good, I think. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it there. I was going to say to you, last yeah. thing, um, only if you want to, uh, you run your own podcast. So for people who listen who are climbers or maybe not, do you want to explain what it is? Yeah. So it's called the Curious Climber Podcast, and I run it with my friend Nina Leslie Woodjastic. I mean, I still actually can't say her name, even though I'm really supposed to. I actually did an uh, introduction recently where I purposefully didn't say her full name because I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> She's like one of my best friends. But anyway, I mean, I'll practice. I'll get that. Um, so, yeah, we run it together. But in the sense that, you know, one of us will have a guest and then the next week another person will have a guest. It's not like there's three people talking all at once. 
Um, but then we have ran one where it's the two of us talking and we plan to do a bit more of that. So it gives us the freedom to pick a topic and really kind of drill down into that topic instead of dog talking about a person and their life and their experiences and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's not really about climbing. We don't really talk about climbing much at all. It's just kind of the topics that we find interesting that are maybe somewhat related to climbing. Um, but but there's a bit of a theme of kind of psychology and politics, I would say. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, really, there's there's just no constraints at all. We just talk about stuff that we each of us find interesting and, and that's it. So <laughs> I think some people will like some episodes and maybe not be interested in others, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll ask, because this isn't always the case, is episode one the best place to start for people? Uh, not necessarily. I think um, I think just have a look at the sort of little blurb on all the episodes. Um, you know, like some of them are about nutrition, for example, right? And maybe nutrition just doesn't interest you at all. Um, some of them are really about psychology and maybe psychology doesn't interest you at all. So I think it's best to just read the blurb and um decide for yourself but if you have if you're interested in everything then yeah just start with one and work through them <laughs> okay cool thank you very much thank you thanks for listening for more information visit the adventure podcast at co.uk and you can send us feedback or ideas for guests at info at the adventure podcast at co.uk And if you're listening on iTunes, please do leave us a review. Uh, They make a huge difference to us. If you're on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at The Adventure Podcast.